Welcome, everybody, into the Mostly Magic podcast. The core date is Wednesday, January 5th. I'm your host, Jake Chapman. Magic uh, taking on the Philadelphia 76ers at Amway Center. That will be tonight uh, on Wednesday night. And the big news of the week, Franz Wagner, December Player of the Month honors in the Eastern Conference. Certainly well-deserved. Uh, a crazy month, certainly, as far as the roster goes, as far as injury goes, health and safety protocols. But Franz stepped up to the... Uh, Stepped up to the plate, and he's been absolutely outstanding. So congrats to Franz Wagner. Congrats also to Josh Giddy, the Western Conference Player of the Month uh, for December as well. My guest today is the newest addition to the Orlando Magic Beat. He is Kobe Price. Uh, he is the Orlando Sentinel Beat writer. How long have you been on the beat now, Kobe? What up? Thanks for having me on. Uh, about a month, a little over a month now. Yeah, my first day was December 1st, so... Quick month, quick, so, quick, quick month. You kind of got the Hassani Gravit experience going. Uh, it, it's been <laughs> right. It's been kind of a whirlwind, I would think, for you. What's it been like? Um, first off, actually, no. Let, let, let's go back a little bit. You're a Northern Illinois Husky. Is that correct? Correct, Amundo. That is correct. All right. And so, um, just take me through your professional journey a little bit. How'd you get here? Yeah, absolutely. So I started off, uh, I, so I guess going back to NIU, I worked at the student newspaper. I did broadcast there. Uh, I even worked for a, a the local paper out there in DeKalb uh, for a little bit. Uh, I did a little freelance work with them. And then I interned at the Chicago Sun-Times the summer before, or no, the summer after I graduated college. And then from there, I, I kind of started. I started working at the Southwest on Sentinel. I covered FAU football, Inter Miami, uh, CF soccer, and the MLS. And then I'm covering the Miami Hurricanes for about five months. I want to say July through the end of November. And then I, I got kind of you know popped up in Orlando. So I guess that's kind of my uh, quick journey, a quick synopsis of my journey. Yeah. To, how long? Was, right wait, now. wait. How long was that? That didn't seem like it was very long at all for you to be uh, all of a sudden an NBA beat writer. I mean, how old are you? Oh, yeah, that's probably I should probably like, I guess, give like a calendar because someone's listening. He's like, dang, he did this like all in like two months No, So, yeah, I, I, I'm 25. I just turned 25. OK, uh, I graduated school uh, summer of 2019. Got it. So I, I started working at. So I guess give people a, uh, a better timeline. I started working at my school paper. That would have been September 2017. Yeah, September 2017. Uh, and that's also when I started doing broadcast. So September 2017 through the, you know, May 2019, I was doing both news, student newspaper and broadcast through the school. I started like towards the last semester, I did freelance work for the local paper. I also interned at a CBS Sports Network uh, in the product on the production side. Got it. So, okay. Summer yeah, that, 2019 after I graduated. I'm not quite as jealous now as I, as I was, uh, to, it, to, to get to where you are and to be your age is very, very impressive. I'll just let you know that. Um, and I'm sure you have some good advice for, for young journalism students. Um, were you a journalism broadcast major? What was the what was the actual what did they actually put on the paper? <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Uh, I was a, uh, a comms major, comms major, journalism minor. I think what it was, I was doing comms. Like I, I had applied to be a comms major in the first place. And then it was, it was so similar yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm taking so many journalism classes. That's going to be my minor. I'm going to do a college major. I'm not going to tack on more than I need to. Let me get this degree. I'm doing all this journalism stuff outside of school. Right. Like outside my coursework. So let's really just focus in on that. That was, it's funny. I, uh, I went, I'm an Ohio State graduate. I'm 12 years older than you. And when I graduated in 2006, I had a degree in journalism. They didn't even have a broadcasting program at the Ohio State University 
in oh, 2002 wow. when I enrolled. So I did the same thing. I learned to write for a newspaper. There was, um, you know, newspapers, actually, actual papers were a thing <laughs> uh, back then. And um, and I and I interned and then I got into broadcasting through internships. Um, and when I was 25, I became the radio producer for The Magic. I did some time in Detroit, uh, Cleveland, my hometown. And then I came back down and jumped back in with The Magic a couple seasons ago. Um, there's my quick little my quick little resume. So you're a Chicago kid. So what, who or what made you want to get into journalism, broadcasting? And is, are you a sports only guy or is that just kind of your niche right now? Uh, so let's see what, so for me, it was more so I was always been around sports. I've always, you know, I grew up with sports, grew up around it, really always loved it. And for me, I was just trying to find a way, I guess, to stay close to it uh that was really I guess how I found this so I guess really you know really getting to the origin story it was summer 2017 uh, so this would have been after my sophomore year I was originally a business student didn't know what I wanted to do was trying to figure basically trying to figure out things right excuse me so I was going through the uh NIU had like a job internship portal that you can get up on and you can sign up you know go through it basically yep. and i found this this opening for a sports writer with a blog it doesn't the blog i checked yesterday checked this morning it does no longer exist it was but it was called iSports web so everything i wrote there is no longer there's no proof of it but i promise you guys i wrote it there. disappeared it's that it, there's not even dark <laughs> web of uh, uh encryptions anywhere I'm not the biggest dark web guy. So if someone <laughs> listening to this knows the dark web, just dark knows it well. Just someone help me out. Now, wait a second. Do you want somebody to be able to find this this work? Sometimes people don't want their uh, their early work to be to be discovered. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Whoever's listening, forget I said that. Don't show me my old work. I'm sure probably, it needs to be heavily edited. No, let's just say that. Heavily edited. I'll probably throw up reading it myself. So I'm actually all good. Anyway, I promise you I did this. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of how I got started. And I just really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the writing. I really enjoyed the researching. I enjoyed every aspect of it. So from there, that's when I, you know, after that summer of blogging, I, I stuck with it even when I first went back to school. And then that's when I started doing, you know, writing for the newspaper. Again, that, you know, a more or journalism focused experience and then you know kind of took off from there and i guess i kind of explained earlier like how it took off or the path after that but that's yeah. really what made the the jump happen for me and i started blogging for uh you know like i said i grew up in chicago chicagoland area so i was a i grew up a bulls fan uh i actually wrote for the fan sided site now you this you can still find this you can still find this oh, everybody's got fan sided uh uh, slip somewhere, I think. I, I, I feel yeah. like, yeah, there's got to be some good fan sites. So, what did you do? Some bull stuff? Yeah, Pippin ain't easy. Pippin ain't easy. So, <laughs> someone, nice. wants to, uh, someone wants to go find that. You'll, you'll find me. Like I said, the page is still up. I actually checked probably around the time I got this job. So, go ahead if someone wants to have fun with that. All right. Now, wait a second. You're 25 years old. I'm doing the math in my head. I mean, you must have you must have been two when Pippin was <laughs> when Pippin was doing his thing. Like, oh, you, yeah. I feel like you must have been like, you must have come up on. On Derrick Rose, obviously, but like you probably came up on some crappy Tim Floyd teams before, uh, <laughs> b- b- before, <laughs> before, uh, uh, before Derek and, and Joe Kim Noah and all those great teams, of course, with Thibs. Um, all right, so Bulls fan, and then are you like a basketball? Like, is basketball your 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 primary interest? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And to your point, yes, I grew up 
So my earliest memories of Bulls games and just teams are the, you know, the baby Bulls, the young, uh, young Lou Aldang, Kirk Heinrich, Chris Duheim, Ben Gordon. Ben Gordon was actually my first favorite player. Really? Like, he, I will always, like, Ben Gordon, when people ask me who's your uh, favorite player growing up, I will sell them Derrick Rose, but Ben Gordon was my first favorite player. Like, Ben Gordon was the first guy. I was like, oh, yeah, that's my guy right there. So, there, that can say that can tell you a lot about, I guess, when I first started getting into the NBA and getting into yeah. basketball. Like um, ben Gordon's time here was not – I. it was when I was gone. It was during my hiatus. Um, it didn't go very well from what I understand. You guys <laughs> didn't get the best version. <laughs> ben Gordon and his dad – I'll always defend Ben Gordon. He was – he was a killer. He was man. nice in Chicago. He was a bucket in Chicago for sure. Yeah, I think he went to Detroit for a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly. And at that point, it was just kind of like, all right, we, we see where this is going. But for Chicago – because he was there for maybe like six, seven years, I want to say. Yeah. Um, nice. Just just cold. After that, he, nobody else deserved the good Ben Gordon. So that's why he, he kind of understood that, too. So after he left Chicago, he had to, you know, he couldn't be the same. Chicago where he should have stayed forever. All right. So, so I, I could probably surmise the, the answer, the few answers to this question. But um, if you if you could put yourself. What you must have been 10, 12 back then, but if you could have interviewed any of those guys 12 year old Kobe is it is it D Rose or would it have been Ben Gordon or um see now I think you're probably getting to the point where you just appreciate the quote and the content and and so sometimes you don't want that superstar because you get that canned answer um like for instance who who have you found is the best uh is the easiest to talk to or gives you the best quotes as far as magic players go who do you like talking to most Oh, I mean, I think like the obvious answer is going to be like Cole, uh, just because of his personality, his energy, but also I guess his candidness and his openness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's really like that's pretty yeah, simple. That's, that's kind of like a yeah. slam dog. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't even know that's fair. But like, here I'll give you an example. So when I was um, an intern, Keon Dooling played for the Orlando Magic. This is the oh. 06, 07 season, and wow. this dude Kobe was he was a freaking gold mine for me. Um, mm-hmm. I was a radio intern. I was just shoving the microphone in all their faces. And it was Dwight and Jameer and uh, Tony Batty was on that team. And he was really good. Uh, Trevor Reza was on that team. He was terrible to talk to. He just didn't have anything to say. He wasn't, he wasn't a talker, which is, which is totally fine. I loved watching him play. Wait, Trevor Reza was on that team? Yeah, he was, um, he was here very early in his career. I think he went to L.A. afterwards and then Houston mm-hmm. and then back to L.A., whatever, whatever. But he was a Knicks guy. He was Knicks. In, in the Knicks, yep. Yep. Okay. And then he, LA Houston. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Jeez. He was. He played. Um, I was back in LA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's crazy. Can't do it, it's crazy. I, I mean, that was 15 years ago. I can't believe he's still in the league now that I think about it. But it was a, it was a very young Ariza. Um, but Keon Dooling was like so good to talk to because he was sort of like that in between, you know, rotation player, not end of the bench guy, but not superstar. He was never annoyed when he had to talk to you. Um, he explained the game to you, which I think is really, really difficult. Probably um, in in a Zoom remote era, you you really don't get that back and forth where now you're talking ball and you're talking uh, what he's seeing and stuff like that and um, scouting reports. Um, that part I really miss about that sort of person to person contact, and I'm hoping we're able to get back to it. Um, but sometimes I think those are the best interview subjects. Are kind of the guys sort of on the fringe, the catchers in baseball, the backup point guards. A lot of times there are guys who end up being the coach. Um, but, but, but for what we do, 
Um, I think there's, I think there's value in finding that kind of right in the middle guy um, who's willing to share, but also has something to say. Yeah. I think for me, you got going back to the original question. It would probably be Joakim Noah. Yeah. For me. That's I the loved guy. Him. I loved him. Yeah. He's probably who would be, you know, even now, like you would have struggled with me, but even now me, like I would probably, that's the one guy from all those teams, you know, in terms of players yeah. that I would probably want to interview, you know, from the, you know, I guess for me, 2003, such 2004 to like 2000, like not too long after, I guess Derek was no longer on the team around that time. That's like, I guess, like the peak of, I guess, the fandom for my, on my end. So maybe like 2004 to 2015, 2016, 17, or somewhere in that, you know, in that area. So out of all the guys who I just kind of came through in that time, it would probably be Joe Kim. Joe Kim Noah destroyed my hometown. I don't know if you remember him talking about Cleveland. Who goes on vacation in Cleveland, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I still love the guy. I still, I, he's, one, he's probably one of one can talk all that smack about Cleveland, Ohio, and I don't care. Because uh, I loved watching him play. And, um, and you're right. He's, he was a really good quote, and he probably would have been a goldmine. Um, for Bulls beat writers. Tell me about your experience so far in Orlando um, on the Sentinel. Is it, has it been a whirlwind? What's been um, the most difficult part of the, of the process? The, the fact that you were in Miami, I would think at least, at least it's not like you're, you packed up and, and moved from Illinois and boom, you're writing in the Orlando Sentinel a day later. I mean, it feels like that was a kind of a nice transition process probably. Yeah, no, it wasn't the, the, the tough part, which is like, I guess, packing things up. Like, it was just a quick transition. I'll say that uh, because I think I knew I was getting the job in mid-November. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't remember the exact date, but it was definitely mid-November because two, like two weeks later, I was gone. Actually, it might have been like less than two weeks later. I had moved out and I was actually starting in Orlando. I think I had like two days in between my final day in South Florida and then my first day in Orlando. Wow. So it was just that quick. So the transition was probably like the toughest part. And then, you know, getting acclimated. I haven't spent a whole lot of time in Orlando yet. Um, oh, I'm sure. Just yeah. because for – I haven't moved into my apartment yet, so that's kind of like, you know, changed things up. It's more so I have the apartment secure. Just, you know, people got to move out, right? So oh it's just gosh. definitely like – So what are yeah. you doing? You're saying like an extended stay or something? Uh, I, I've, I've – well, so for like the first couple of weeks, I've been back home uh, with my parents uh, – just, you know, especially like road trips I'm not on, I'll be back here. I gotcha. Uh, and then I did an extended stay for a little bit when they were in Orlando. Uh, when they, when I mean they, the Magic, they had yeah. that. Uh, it was the week that I guess players started getting to the protocols. Right. I mean, that, that uh, who, who did they play that week? Miami. The Miami game was the one where it went nuts. Yeah, the Miami game. And then I think they played. And then we went out of the road, Brooklyn and Atlanta. Yeah, so I was so that prior week I had I, I was in Orlando. I was staying extended stay, and then I'll probably do the same. I moved to my apartment in a, in a couple of weeks, so gotcha. I'll be on the road for this upcoming. So the trip they have next week against Washington, Charlotte, and Dallas, and then that following week I'll be in extended stay, and then I'll move into my apartment that that week right there. So okay, two quick questions. So right now you are you are um, at home with your parents in mm-hmm. Northern Illinois, right? Correct, or in, yeah. in, in Illinois. You said Aurora. Yeah. I mean, the Wayne's world, you get the Wayne's world jokes like all the time. I would think they have to, you have to get hit over the head with them all the time. Right? No, I do not. Actually, this is the first time. You've never, Oh my gosh. The children, the the kids. I'm so disappointed in the kids <laughs> of this generation. 
Uh, do you know what Wayne's World is, Kobe? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, isn't it? Maybe I'm wrong. Doesn't it take place in Aurora, Illinois? Yes, it does. I'm almost positive it does. I'll have to look that up. Uh, I don't is, remember the, the location. Is Stan Makita's Donuts? Is that an actual thing? Oh man, let me look this up. Let me look this Bro. up. Let me look this up. Trust me, I've I seen can... Wayne's World enough times that I, I am very, very confident. Uh, this is gonna make for like bad podcasting. <laughs> I do not speak. I'm looking this up like as we speak right now. But you know, like I said, this is the first time. This is the first time uh someone's brought this up. I can't what, believe that. What was it? Wayne's World. What should I say? Location. Wayne's World. Yeah, Wayne's World. Uh, location, setting, something like that. Uh, family. Uh, family society in Aurora, Illinois, but originally written in, was filmed around Los Angeles. So. Well, yeah, maybe, but it's, yeah, but I'm mean, saying maybe that's part of why like people who out here don't say anything about it. Maybe, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're saying it's Aurora, but it's in LA. Like, you know, someplace they actually will film in the city that they're pretending to be in. Right, and I but, might be a bigger Wayne's World fan than most. I think that might be. Yeah, I was gonna say what we're, uh, what we're getting into. <laughs> Wayne's World. Uh, I have not heard they actually brought up. Shoot, that was honestly before my time, but I know it. I, I know it so. Uh, yeah, yeah no, that was about this up. That was almost Congrats significantly before your time. So there you go. Yeah, um, thank you for that. Yeah, you Congrats got it. Everything. Um, all right. So the transition process. So okay, you got to move in. Um, Soon. That is wild, dude. That is the transition was just so quick. That I mean, I know, I, but but I can't, Kobe. Because would you say that this is your big professional break? Uh, or has been so far in your career yeah. or do you think the miami move was was like sort of equal and i only asked it, it, it i guess the answer is irrelevant this is a huge move for you right All i mean right, you're yeah. you're covering an nba team it's probably something that you've dreamt about and then to to have to have all the crap that has happened over the course of the last month be it health and safety protocols and covid and working remotely i just would think that you probably have so much going on in your head right now that it feels like, wow, once I get to actually focus on my dream job, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned like that, because for me, I guess maybe it's also my personality, too. Like, I, I've thought that, but at the same time, I haven't. Like, I haven't really taken it in. Like, I've thought, like, yeah, it would be really nice. You know, hopefully, you know, I guess pull it back a curtain. I tested positive for COVID last week. So there's also been that part of it, too. That That's part of why I'm still isolating right now and up here. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess it has been, but at the same time, I've still been able to enjoy it. Uh, you're right. This has this opportunity has been something I've wanted pretty much since I wanted since I started my writing career. Uh, so I've just been relishing it, even with all the nuttiness and all the craziness uh, that's been going on. I still be able to enjoy it. I'm still loving it. Uh, there are a couple things like the uh, like there's just the oddity of I was in Toronto when the game got postponed. I I saw that tweet. Yeah. So it was just like, ah, this is strange. It, cool. it's, there's been a lot of oddities. And then obviously, you know, keeping up with all the protocols and guys coming in and out. And then that also interrupts, you know, the flow of, I guess, the work from a standpoint of, you know, some you may not be able to get you know, locker room access. It's pretty much hasn't been there now because right. of all these protocols. So it's just different levels to it all. And I'm honestly not sure when that's going to come back because I, I guess, to give people a better uh, background of me, I did, you know, I do have familiarity with, you know, how things in the NBA were before COVID because I was backing up on the Miami Heat beat in South Florida before COVID hit. So I do remember what things were back when they were, you know, quote unquote normal. So I do, you know, hope that those days somehow, some way come back. Uh, but even without that, I still be able to enjoy it. 
despite the the whirlwind, the past, whatever, 30, 35, 40 days have been, or shoot, probably more than that. Cause even if I got the job, it was like, all right, I got the job. Now I got to move in two weeks. So the past two, two months have been. I had never been, I had never been in Florida. Um, and then I got the internship out of Ohio state and I packed a car and I drove from, from Cleveland to Orlando and changed my life. I mean, that's, you know, that's, um, Orlando. Yeah, the, that's that's the drive right there. How long was that drive? It was like 18 hours, something like that. I actually do it almost every summer because I have um I don't have a family, but I have a dog. And so I like to bring my dog up and spend a few weeks with my parents in Ohio. Um, and especially since COVID hit, it's been it's been it's not terrible. I, I stop in Charlotte overnight and listen to podcasts and pound it out. Um I've done but, my drive. What's that? I'm sorry, I've done the drive, but from here to I haven't done tour. Well, I guess I go through Orlando, but I haven't quote unquote stopped in Orlando. I drove me and my girlfriend. We drove down from Chicago to, and we make uh, how many stops did we make? I guess we made two stops from Chicago to where I was living. I was living in Pompano Beach, got it specifically. So that was about. I mean, we broke it up, but that was probably about nineteen to twenty hours. I want to say. It's a and my mom and I have done it. My mom yeah. and I, we did it too. And that was, that was we stopped uh, in Nashville uh, both ways because we went from Aurora to Pompano and then Pompano back. So that was about, you know, 19 and a half, 19, 19 and a half hours. It's a drive. I wouldn't recommend it to, for the faint of heart. You got to really, you got to really want to make that drive. When I was 21, uh, a family friend hooked me up with an internship in Hollywood and uh it's summer internship and my parents and i drove from cleveland to los angeles in my car at 21 years old that was three and a half days in the car with my parents at 21 and i have a great relationship with my parents but no 21 year old should ever do that like that i learned more about my parents in that in that trip than i ever wanted to know um that was um that was that was heavy. That was you. You cool. got to really want it. That was a good. It was a good internship, and I'm pretty sure it got me this internship. So I don't have any regrets. But that was um, that was a little bit kooky. Um, I, right, I wanted to ask you about you. professional influences or mentors. Mm-hmm. Are there anybody um, that you know? Maybe even people that you haven't met, like role models. Um, take me through why why you're here and and who helped you out along the way. Oh man, I could. Oh shoot. I mean, I can go through a whole lot of people. And the, the sad thing is I would feel bad, you know, my brain being a little foggy if I go through all these people and then I'd miss someone. I gotcha. All right. So but, but, the Oscar, the Oscar speech. I mean, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to have to play you off here. Yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. But I'll, I'll say this. There, there are a lot of people that have helped me out, you know, to get to the point that I am, you know, I guess if we're going to go stick more professional side, uh, the because I don't think I guess this has been my big break because it was a game where I want to be, but there's been a lot of like breaks along the way that helped me get to you know the quote unquote big break. Sure. Um Shelly Hendricks was my she was like the I guess she was in charge of the Northern Star. She is still in charge of the Northern Star. Uh, but she was uh she was the person that helped me out a lot when I was in school, mm-hmm. helping me get to uh, I guess this uh I guess this, you know, understanding of what journalism is supposed to be, what sports journalism is supposed to be, and really, I guess, instilling those values in me. Uh, I, I haven't talked to her in a while, so hope I'm probably going to mess up her last name. I hope not. I really hope I'm not going to mess it up. Emily Deutsch, uh, she she was my boss when I was at CBS Sports Network, 
and she was so incremental to me just learning like the details and helping me I guess expand because it wasn't I wasn't writing there it's like more production and even though it wasn't what I wanted to do I learned lessons there that I still I guess carry to this day uh bro <laughs> bro wear every hat learn every job in this, in right. this industry oh my god I'll, absolutely right. any anytime somebody's willing to teach you something let them. <laughs> right I mean Kathy Kathy Cheney she, I mean, she was responsible for me getting that internship at uh, the Chicago uh, Sun-Times uh, in a period of time where I was really like, that was, you know, I got the internship maybe like two weeks before I graduated college. Mm. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no, I had really nothing lined up before. You, that was exact <laughs> so I had nothing. I had no job offer. I had no internship offer. I was very much just like, I had no clue what, to, what I was going to do. And then turn, yeah, as like I said, parlay that into like two weeks uh, later, two weeks before graduation, I, she got me or helped me out get uh, an internship with the Sun Times. So that changed, that changed everything for me. Cause that opened, that opened up doors. I didn't even know were going to be open. Um, I mean, from there, like I said, then, then we're really going to start getting like deeper. Cause I guess now that you're going to transition to professional, I mean, right. Kathy Laughlin, Kevin Lerner, uh, Steve Sveckis, Kenny Rosarian, uh, Omar Kelly, Dana Banker, uh, 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 see, this is when this is the fog. That's all right. That's is, all right. Uh, I know Omar, anyways, or at least I've heard, of, I've read him. Yeah. So I actually met. So, and I guess I was at an NABJ. <clears throat> excuse me, at an NABJ conference uh, the summer 2019, while still entering at the Chicago Sun Times, and I met Omar and Dana, who was the managing editor. She, he was she was previously the managing editor at um, the Sun Sentinel. Omar is obviously the still the Dolphins uh, comments at the Sun Sentinel. And I met them. And because of, I guess, the glowing words that they and compliments they had for me and the great things they thought about me, that helped me, you know, when I spoke with my eventual boss at the Sun Sentinel, Kathy, she was already, I guess, spoke, uh, thought highly of me before I even spoke with her. So I think that probably helped me out a lot. Uh, getting that set up. Jason Leisure, another guy. So, Jay, and Jason just helped because I remember it was one of my first days. Uh, Jason Leisure is a, a Chicago Bears writer at the Sun Times. So, I'm mentioning like a whole lot of people at a whole lot of different publications. I hope this makes sense. But All right. he 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 was one of the first people uh, to speak with me uh, when I was interning at the Sun Times, and then he just you know he you know helped me out. We spoke. He gave me some advice, and him and he actually was coming from South Florida. Uh, he had previously covered the Dolphins in the Heat uh, for the Palm Beach Post. So he just, you know, he was another guy uh, who was just increment, uh, instrumental in my growth and just learning. Uh, uh, Madeline Kenny, another person who helped me out. She was, well, she was covering the sky at the Sun Times. And I like, I shadowed her like so much. Mm. It's actually looking back at it. If an intern shadowed me as much as I shadowed her, I'll probably get annoyed. <laughs> so I'm glad that you're Maddie, not allowed to get annoyed anymore, Kobe. You got to pay it forward now, bro. Yeah, no, I'm about it because sometimes I want to even ask. I just, be there. yeah, but, but Kobe, was, what I think you're illustrating is, is it takes a village and like, you know, you, you have to be able to, to pick. And there's so many valuable resources, especially when you're trying to break into this industry. Um, if you can, if you can intern, right? Like some people can't afford to do it a long internship if it's not going right. to pay them. Um, and I think we're sort of making progress in that, um, in that area as well. But 
you have to be willing to ask questions and you have to be willing to 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 bother people, you know, you be polite about it, but you got to ask for help and you got to um, sometimes you got to take you got you got to have, you know, you got to pounce on those opportunities when they're there, because Lord knows there's hundreds of people who aren't even getting those opportunities and would kill for them. So um, absolutely, bro, you got really, really good perspective and um, it's refreshing. I love meeting new uh, journalists, especially in our business. Um, and uh, you've done a really good job. I mean, you, you know, I've, I host the pregame and the postgame show um, on the radio. And so I'm always producing and hosting while, you know, you're asking Coach Mosley questions either before or after the game along with Dan and um, our media core, which is not very big. Um, and, and you've jumped in and you've, you know, it, it can be very, very intimidating when there's two or three people in a press conference and the team just lost by 25 points. Like, oh. like it's, it's, um, it, 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 it's not for the faint of heart, I don't think. And so you've done a really good job and I, um, I commend you on that. I appreciate that. And I was going to say something you mentioned, and I, I guess this is something that, uh, if I had to give advice, like to any, you know, younger journalists, or aspiring journalists who are listening to this, I still consider myself a younger, I'm only 25, so I don't have all the answers. Far from it, I'm still very much learning, but that is a key thing. Politely, learn to politely bother people. Mm -hmm. Politely, I guess, uh, make your presence and make yourself known. Don't be a jerk about it, because everybody, like I just rattled off all these names, and Omar and Jason, like I said, now they're two completely separate states. They're really close because when Jason or they are close because when Jason was down South Florida him and Omar, you know, they, they became really good friends. So every all that's to say, everybody knows one another, uh, more or less. Or you're very like only a couple of degrees away from knowing someone. So absolutely like be kind, but learn to politely bother people. And like I said, I didn't even get through everybody because that even that doesn't even touch on the people who have me. Blame me. I cut you off. It's uh, you know, I'm the. uh, But but all that to say, that's just a lot of people that helped me get to the previous stop. Right. Right. Like we're not even talking about the current stop. Uh, And like I said, I could go on for the the Oscar music going to come on, but. That just illustrates just how much it does. It can, you know, every situation is different, but that illustrates how much it can take to get, you know, to the point I am right now or to the point I was before. The last thing I, this podcast is called Mostly Magic. There's been almost no magic, um, but that's fine because I, <laughs> because this is, A, everyone, A, I talk about the magic every day uh, of my life. This, this podcast is called Mostly Magic because I wanted to be able to only, or to talk about things uh, aside from the magic. Um, and, and and I love talking to young journalists, like I said. I wanted to ask you, the last thing I want to ask you about is um, NABJ, because you mentioned it and you have it in your Twitter profile. And I'm sure, you know, I when I was in Detroit, um, I knew a couple people who were heavily involved. I mean, you guys, um, it, everybody who is involved with the National Association of Black Journalists are, is committed to it, I feel like. You know, there is there's no halfway in, halfway out. I'm a, a, a member and I'll be, maybe I'll be at the meeting like, Everybody takes it very, very seriously. And it seems to me that, um, you know, based on, I, I, I think it was Vince Ellis I was talking to about it in Detroit. Um, he was a former beat writer for the yeah, free the press. Writer, right? yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It seems to me that there is, there's a level of responsibility that older African-American journalists feel to to younger African-American journalists and they take it very, very, very seriously. And um, it just seems like an organization that does a whole lot of good for 
uh, for young journalists and for journalism in general. What's been your experience with it? No, it's exactly what you said. I, yeah, that's uh, what you're saying is true because obviously, I mean, you don't we don't have to dive too deeply into this, but obviously you can look around media journalism as an industry and the diversity is just not where it should be. Right. Yep. Um, so that, and a lot of the older black journalists, you know, they, so a lot of them, you know, they could be old enough to be my parents or enough to be my grandparents, but a lot of them were the, I guess, grounds. Uh, what, what do you call it? Like the groundbreakers, right. They were the, the, the original, the OGs in the sense that like, they did things that were never seen before them. Uh, and if it wasn't them, there was the next generation that, you know, kind of, I guess, builds off of that. So it's sure. a lot of it's building off of a foundation that was laid not that long ago. It continues to still be laid and, can, you know, just building off of that. So I think that's why there's so much investment into it, because it's also very much a we've invested all like we went through all this. We're going to make this easier, make this better for the next generation. So that's why, like I said, that's helped me get to where I am, too, because I've, I've learned I communicate. I keep in touch with a lot of older black journalists. And also a journal, black journalists my age, but especially a lot of older black journalists who are willing to reach out and willing to help me. And I try to, you know, pay it forward as much as I can to the next generation, uh, I guess, or next half generation of black journalists behind me. Because the next generation of black journalists are probably like somewhere in middle school right now. Uh, hey, but, you're going to blink, bro. And you're going to and you're going to be talking to that. You're going to be doing uh, school visits and uh, you, you'll be on a university campus somewhere. It, it, <clears throat> it goes quick, dude. Yeah, but to, in all seriousness, it does. It does. And I guess that's why, like, even people who, you know, I was talking to with Vinny Goodwill. Uh, he's someone who's helped me out a lot. Uh, oh, really? I yeah, know yeah. Vinny. I know Vinny very well. Yeah, yeah. So him and he he helped me. He's been oh, helping yeah, out. Oh, yeah, Chicago. Me. Duh, I didn't make that uh, connection. Yeah. Well, I didn't meet him in Chicago. I actually met him in, in South Florida when the NBJ conference was down there. Oh, I, no I followed his work. I knew about him because he was in Chicago. But that was my first time actually meeting him. Uh, and we've kept in touch, I guess that was two and a half years ago, ever since, but he told me not that long ago, I was like thanking him, like, appreciate you for all the things that you cut me out with showing all the love, et cetera. He's like, don't worry about it, man. Like you're 24, 25 now in 10 years, you're going to have someone 24, 25 hitting you up. You're going to be 35. And all is about just paying it forward and making sure that you can help them in the same way that you've been helped before. And that's something Kathy, uh, Kathy Cheney, uh, she was a former editor at the Chicago Sun-Times. She told me the same thing. Like you do all you thank me, you don't have to do anything for me, but just all you got to do is just pay it forward to the next generation or to the next person who's trying to help you out. So I do keep that in mind. And when people hit me up, I just try to help them out as much as I can. Uh, especially if they're an ABJ affiliated or just a black journalist or a young black journalist. So much I bring to the industry just because I remember I'm not that far removed from it. I remember how much it took to break in and get the break and just get to this point. Uh so if I can help somebody out, even if I don't have all the answers for you, if I can give you a piece of advice or opportunity or put you in front of a door that you may not know existed, then I'll do what I can to at least help out in that way. It's funny because I, I pulled Vince Ellis, but it might have been Vinny Goodwill because when I got to Detroit, they were, those were the two guys on the beat, the Vince. It, yeah. was, it was Vinny was working oh, yeah, for the I didn't news. Like that. And, uh, and Vince was working for the free press. But then, but then I was doing radio in Detroit with Rob Parker. And Rob Parker mm. is like, king mentor uh yeah. for young black journalists like he's he, he brought a couple kids into the station and they shadowed us um when we were doing the show so um no it's Rob's great Rob's Rob, really i got a picture of me and rob uh on my phone from that i mean that was like the last 
conference convention that we had that was like in person because obviously because of COVID. But right. you know, Rob's great, and Rob will you know he'll hit me up every now and then just to uh, check in. But, yeah, no, Rob is fantastic. Like you, there's so many of them that are just gonna I can rattle off that have been helpful just because they're so fantastic. They're so uh they'll, they'll just be there for you and just give advice and just show love and it's, it's really beautiful so i've learned from that try to do the same much as i can um yeah it's very um it's it's inspiring and and i love the fact that you know that you're going to pay it forward and and you know you sort of internalize what people have done to you uh done for you and then you try to um to do that for other other young journalists and um and we'll get there eventually you're right the the, the numbers ain't right and it's uh um but I've seen a lot of progress. I mean, when I started, you know, you want to talk about women in sports. I mean, holy smokes. When I started, it was like, it, it was an old, it was an old man's game. And, uh, and we've come a long way. And now you got Becky Hammond, you know, getting uh, giant, giant deals. And hopefully she'll be an NBA head coach at some point. We're getting there step-by-step. Step, we're getting there, but organizations like the national association of black journalists certainly um, are, are pushing us in the right direction. Kobe, this has been great. I don't want to take up any more of your time. Um, enjoy Illinois. Hopefully get some uh, get some snow because we ain't going to have any when you get back down here for a, for a long time. But um, I got two of them. I got two snow days already. So I, go. I got enough for the rest of the year. You're good. You, you got your yeah. quota. Yeah. Oh, you're officially a Florida boy now, eh? No, well, actually, the, the best part. Well, not the best part. The one thing is I hadn't, I didn't get, to, I didn't have to, the opportunity to shovel any of the snow. So I just like watched it fall because it, it snowed while I've been in isolation this entire time. So it's like, right. oh, that's, all that snow, I'm not gonna have to shovel it. It doesn't feel as bad now. See, so, it's, right. see, you're a visitor now. It's, it's like yeah. tourist snow. Well, I can't leave this room. <laughs> so, <laughs> even if I wanted to, there's not much I could do about it. <laughs> mom dad i'm sorry what do you want from me it's uh you know yeah. it's, it's one thing or the other yeah no that's the ideal you get to watch it <laughs> fall prettily and then you don't have to uh to go out and deal with it um it's beautiful from the room i can say that much. Oh, i'm sure i'm sure it's lovely <laughs> aurora is lovely this time of year um great to to meet you virtually i guess um yeah. thanks for doing this i really appreciate it i think there's a lot of good information in there for young journalists and uh we'll catch up down the road okay Absolutely. And if anybody, especially, you know, if you're trying to bring it to the business, uh, hit me up. You can find me. It's not hard to find me on any social media. Just look up my name, K-H-O-B-I-P-R-I-C-E. Just look me up on Twitter. Look me up on Instagram. DM me if you got questions. Uh, and I'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. But yeah, it's all about paying it forward, helping out. And I want to as much as I can. So just hit me up. Find me. Uh, let's connect. The DMs are open. It's yeah. at Kobe underscore price, Kobe, K-H-O-B-I, and make sure you read all of his stuff in the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, Kobe, good stuff. We'll talk soon, okay? For sure. All right, there he is, Kobe Price. Jake Chapman here with you. This has been the Mostly Magic Podcast. We'll be back next week with another edition. Till then, stay safe, everybody.